What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Luke Page Podcast. Now, today's episode is a massively important one because we talk about something that is really going to determine your success online. Now, if you're using social media to grow your business, um, then you're going to have competition, of course. There's going to be a lot of people and others online that help out and help people solve the problem that you also do. So let me use a really common example of say a weight loss coach or a PT or a health coach or something like that. And let's just say that your main thing is that you help men lose weight. Now, if you just say that, hey, I help men lose weight. Well, guess what? There's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of other people across the world that do the exact same thing. So if your messaging is just, that is it, hey, I help men lose weight, then there's going to be no difference, point of difference with you, which is going to mean you're going to really struggle to stand out online. And if you don't stand out, if you can't get your audience's attention, then it's going to be really hard to get clients online. So um, what the thing that makes you cut through all the noise is your messaging. It's how you communicate exactly, not only who you help, but what exactly that you do and what makes you different to everyone else and why your target market needs to choose you. So today's episode is Million Dollar Messaging with eight-figure business owner, Brandon Lucero. Welcome to the Luke Page Podcast. I am here to inspire people to live a life that they love. It's why I do what I do. Join me on the pursuit of my last vision and my own business success through meeting amazing business owners, entrepreneurs, and forward-thinking people that are here to make impact and change the world. Well, mate, let's get into this thing, yeah? Um, mate, officially, just so you know, um, you're, my, you're my official longest guest. Uh, to get on the to get on my podcast, I reckon I've been chasing you, mate, for like a year or something like that. So today is like a it, celebration. Yes, I know. It's just it's just funny because you picked. Um, it just was an absolute worst time the last couple of months with like moving out of state and everything we were dealing with. I'm like, I haven't been very present inside the business at all. So, um, yeah. But but I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to to be able to finally get this done. Do it with you. Yeah. Sounds, cool, man. Definitely. So, um, I where did I come across you? I think I, I found you from from James because I've been with James um, for the last number of years, James Webmore, yeah. um, and I think I found you through there. And the one of the the main things that stood out with me uh, for me originally with your content was just the way that you um, you you presented it. So it was in what I call because this this is the same thing that I find. I, I call it the the bad acting trend. So yeah. you and me got something in common, mate. We're great bad actors. So <laughs> I just, I, I love, I love the way that you, um, you were just doing your message differently. And what, what platforms would you say that you guys are most active on at the moment? Social platforms. Um, well, I would say probably Instagram, YouTube a little bit, um, but really it's our own platform. It's like our podcast has just been the number one thing that we kind of focus on. And then we just, um, take a lot of that and just distribute it on Instagram and YouTube and wherever else. I think, I think the team does LinkedIn a little bit as well. Um, but that's yeah. about it. Okay. Well, talking about say Instagram, like, you know, um, we're on Instagram as well at Instagram. We've got the same thing, podcast, TikTok. Um, you know, Instagram's a, it's right now like a hundred million posts a day type thing. Um, yeah. 
what what would you, you know it's it's like how do we stand out how does someone stand out when there's so much noise going on um right. and that's one thing that struck me with you is that you were getting your message out there and you know obviously you're in a very like a market which is a business coaching market or marketing everything like that so there's so many other coaches and uh, businesses doing the same thing right but you got my attention so i really wanted to get you on to speak to you about your philosophy um yeah. and your method methodology behind behind what you do so someone listened to this they're like i'm just trying to get my voice heard how do we do it how do yeah. we do it when we haven't got the millions of followers and you know we've got the 10 staff working for us and the money behind us and everything like that how do we cut through all the noise uh, yeah, I mean, that's the million dollar question. Um, <clears throat> I'll do my best to answer it without taking like five hours uh, to, do, <laughs> to do it because I could probably talk about that for five hours. But I would say you got, five, you got 50 seconds. I got 50 seconds. All right. <laughs> I would say the number one thing that you have to realize is that when you're an expert in us in your space, so you, you have your own coaching program, a course service or whatever it is, um, you're an expert based business the 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 audience doesn't understand why you're different and i think the biggest problem that people get stuck in is that they know they're different and they think that if i just teach my expertise then people will automatically see that i'm different they have no idea that you're different so if we look at the first touch point they're probably going to have with you which is going to be like let's just talk about video titles or content titles let's say you're a weight yeah. loss coach and you title it like how to lose 10 pounds i mean you go to youtube and you type in how to lose 10 pounds there's no joke, probably well over a thousand, if not 10,000 videos all titled that. So what I tell people yeah. is we got to get very clear on the specific problems, values, beliefs, identities that you want to attract that, you know, what, what do you, how do you, what do, what are those for you? And then how do we attract the exact same person? So let's say you're a weight loss coach. You're also a stay at home mom and you realize you want to work with stay at home moms. So, uh, and you realize the biggest pain point for stay-at-home moms is they don't have a lot of time. So instead of titling your video, how to lose 10 pounds, it would be how stay-at-home moms lose 10 pounds with 15 minutes a day. So just by altering your titles, you can start to get eyeballs on you. And there's three things that I always say is number one, we got to get eyeballs on us. Then we have to keep the eyeballs on us. And then we have to get those eyeballs to be able to buy our product and services and your content marketing and messaging should be doing all three. But most people can never get past that first hurdle, which is kind of what you're taught, what you asked about is like, how do we get through the noise? And I, my answer is you have to get very clear on specific problems, beliefs, identities, and values and start incorporating them in your titles of your content. That's like step number one. And, um, that's, that's yeah. where I would start if I was someone, you know, just starting out today. So that really comes down to, knowing our market how do we how, have you got any like cool ways to learn how to know the market apart from you know the, the standard stuff where it's you know the, the questionnaires and the, and the research and that type of thing yeah i think that <clears throat> i think we're most well let's just put it this way the way the online market space is today is not like how it was five, 10 years ago. I mean, it's not even the same yeah. as what it was two years ago, pre COVID. It's completely different now. How long have you been the in the biggest, online space, Brandon? Uh, nine years, maybe, maybe eight to nine years, something like that. Yeah. It's been, it's so been a how while. long, well, how, like since you started to now, what are like the, the major drag? Cause I've been, I've been in the industry for five years and I've seen a huge change. So you've been doing yeah. it nine years. What's like the, been the major changes that you've seen online? The competition, 
I mean, instead of having three competitors, you now have 50 competitors or, or more. Mm. And so what's been happening is a lot of the advice that worked for people who blew up or are at the top, like a lot of people at the top are giving their advice of how they did it. But the thing is, is they all started five, 10 years ago. And what they did then isn't necessarily relevant to what, what we have to do today. And that's mm. where most people get stuck is we keep doing and listening to the same people who are teaching yep. what they did, but they grew up in a completely different landscape. Man, and I agree so, with that. Agree with that so much. Yeah. yeah so yeah. this idea, and I think where most people get stuck is that they've been told do how to content, educational content, teach, 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 give your best stuff away for free. Yeah. Now that's fine and great. We do want that. But when it becomes 70% or even a hundred percent of your content, it starts to cause a lot of problems because you blend in with everyone else because everyone keeps sharing the same expertise. So you have 50, 100 experts all saying the same things. But the biggest problem with doing mostly educational content is you're generally teaching from your expertise and your expertise is what you sell, which is your solution. So everyone's talking from the solution and no one's talking from the problem. And what I have found is that I don't look at myself in a certain niche and I don't look at myself as having a certain market. I look at myself as someone who solves three very specific problems. And if you have that problem, one of those problems, great. You're my niche, you're my customer. That's the market I solve. And I don't mm -hmm. think a lot of people do that. And so what I talk about is like, we need to meet the audience where they're at, not where we're at. We're at the solution, they aren't there yet. And sometimes when we talk mm -hmm. solution, 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 it's overwhelming. It tricks them into thinking they have everything they need. But if we meet them where they're at and we're very specific with a problem, an emotion, a mistake causing that problem, what starts to happen is we start to speak to their subconscious. And what will start to happen is they will start to automatically go, I like that person. This is mind blowing. I need to continue to watch this. I'm intrigued. And when you can start to do that, you stand out and people don't even necessarily understand why you stand out. This is like, we probably see people yeah, like that yeah. all the time. You probably see people blowing up yeah. or you're like, what are they doing? I don't understand what they're doing. Well, they're speaking mm -hmm. so specifically to problems, to emotions, to mistakes. They're raising people's awareness. They're adding value without giving out step-by-step -step content. And all, all of that stuff, all of those things have done right, really play into people's automated responses. And I'll give you an example. For those of yeah. you listening right now, you're still listening which means that what I'm saying uh, hasn't bored you to death and there's some kind of interest. But the point is, is that whether I had bored you or whether you are interested in what I'm saying, that decision of Brandon is boring or Brandon is interesting, it wasn't logically made. You didn't sit down and create a checklist. Okay, is he boring? I don't know. How do I qualify boring? Or is he interesting? I don't know. Here's, here's what interesting means. What happened was there was an automated decision that your brain made without you being aware that it made a decision and you either left or you stayed and you, and this will continue to happen for the entire episode. Now, when people experience your content, they're doing the exact same thing from experiencing content to buying. And if you can't get them from experiencing content to buying, you're, you're doing something with your communication that's causing them to leave. And so when I create content and I create messaging, when we work with our students, when I work with our clients, everything that I do is looking at how do I construct something in a way that gets them to automatically know and feel 
they have to continue listening and need the next step. And a lot of that is speaking to their subconscious. It's again, specific problems, mistakes, bringing awareness, creating mind blowing moments, things like that. Nice. Can you give me like, do you have like a specific example around? Cause you're talking about that. Um, most business owners, right. And this audience is coaches, right? So we'll yeah. just refer to coaches. Um, most coaches are speaking from the solution. Yep. But not necessarily the problem meeting where I, can you give me like an, in any industry, right? You maybe want to use yours, but whatever. Can you give me an example of like, okay, this is what generally coaches are doing. They're talking like this, but this is how they should be talking. Yeah. Do you, can I use you as an example? Can we dig into one of yours? Is, yeah. Is that okay? Okay. Please do. So give me, Absolutely. give me one problem that you help someone solve, like in, inside of your business. Uh, a big problem like struggling at clients or a smaller problem like say niche? Either one, either one, whatever. Like what's, what's the let's biggest go, problem that they're having right now? Um, oh, well, I would probably say most uh, biggest problem would be struggling to get their voice heard and stand out. Okay. So <clears throat> the way that most people will start the communication is they'll create an ad and they'll say exactly what you just said right there, which was like, are you struggling to stand out? and get your voice heard. Now I want to take it mm -hmm. a step, a step deeper. Um, and, and, and there's a lot of people that work with your same clientele and they're most likely going to say very similar things to that, but I, I, I want to separate yep. you from everyone else. So let me ask you a couple questions. Mm -hmm. Um, how long has it been for them to try to get their voice heard? Like how long have they been trying to get your, their voice heard? Would you say on average six, six to 12 months? Okay. So we'll say six months. And then how many times a week are they posting content, do you think? About four to five times a week. Okay, so six months, four to five times a week. And then are they focusing mostly on how-to educational content or different styles of content? Um, mainly how-tos, but they're doing like, you know, the, the trend stuff okay, as well. Trends. Yeah, and just looking at, okay, sweet, yeah. Okay, so no, here's how I would re-say that phrase is I would say, look, if you're a coach, mm who is struggling to get your voice heard. In fact, you've been struggling for a, at least four months posting three times a week um, and you still haven't been heard, even though you're following all the trends, this webinar is gonna be the, one of the most powerful things that you can ever experience. Now, what I did mm -hmm. just by adding in those little things, a, t a time frame, how many times they're posting, what types they're posting, We've now taken a generalized statement to a very specific statement. And when we start to get very specific, what starts to happen is the audience that hears that or reads that starts to go, that's me. That's me. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And what starts to happen is you become more relatable to them. And what you're doing is you're showing, I better understand your situation than anybody else does. And as soon mm -hmm. as that person feels like you understand their unique position or, or situation, the trust is automatically developed, but you also stand out because no one else is talking in such specifics like that. Now, now let, me, let yeah. me give you another example so this like really hits home. So let's say um, you know, you're someone who's been dealing with stomach pain uh, for three months and you've only experienced the stomach pain at eight o'clock every single night and it lasts an hour. And you go to a doctor and doctor number one says, well, stomach pain, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this. We're going to give you a series of tests. We're going to do some MRIs. And um, in the meantime, I'm going to prescribe you this to help with the pain. 
you go to doctor number two and they go, oh, stomach pain, let me guess. Does it only happen at eight o'clock and it's probably been about three months and it only lasts about an hour, is that what you have? And you go, oh my God, yes. Like which doctor are you more likely to go with? Probably number two, why? Mm. Because they better understand the exact thing you're dealing with. And the trust you have in that doctor goes through the roof, not only because they understood your situation, but for the in order for someone to understand that situation to that level of detail is the person who's already dealt with it and solved that problem. That subconsciously, mm. that's how people are gonna start to look at things. So when yeah. I go and I speak, I'm looking at how do I get this person to know that I understand their situation deeper and better than anyone else because I know that's gonna get them to automatically trust me and trust my solution. Does that make sense? Yeah, man, love it. I just want to quickly jump in and talk about a program of ours called The Leading Coach, which helps coaches grow a six-figure-a-year business organically. Now, if you're a coach and you're currently making, on average, between zero and $5,000 a month, and you want to learn how to get more clients and take your business to the next level, and you've been following us for a little bit and you just love our style and our approach and what we're all about, then right now you can join the waiting list to The Leading Coach. Now, we only open up enrollments to TLC a few times a year. So um, by joining the waiting list, basically you'll be put on a notification list and be notified of when we open the doors next. And you'll also be one of the first that gets access to the Leading Coach program page, which includes all the details about what's in it, what it includes, and all the information so you can make a decision um, about whether the program is exactly what you need or not. Uh, So the link to join the waiting list is lukepage.com.au forward slash TLC. I'll also pop that link in the show notes as well. So anyway, let's get back to the episode. Um, so getting these details, right? So mm-hmm. what, um, let's just say you have to go into, I mean, you know your market, right? But let's say you go into a different niche. Do you, say, do you call it, pronounce it niche or niche? Uh, niche. You're a niche. All right. So I'm a niche. <laughs> let's just say you go into a different niche, right? Um, and you, you don't know this market, um, and you have to learn this stuff. So what would the steps, what steps would you take to learn this information? So then you can actually go, well, I got this webinar, I got this idea, I got this solution here, but I know that I've got to lead and meet them where they're at with the problem. I got to learn this stuff. So what would you specifically do to learn this information about these, this market? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. Um, if, if we're in the coaching space, or if you are, which sounds like all the listeners are, generally most of us are are helping someone with a problem that we went through ourselves, usually, I would say in, in most yeah. cases. Obviously, we can't experience every problem in the world, mm-hmm. but that's usually where I start is my own experience. So when I'm looking back and I'm now helping people with something that I had to go through myself, what was I doing? What was I experiencing? What was I feeling? How many times was I doing something? And that's the first place that I would start. Mm-hmm. I would hope that that would get me some sort of traction. And then as we start to work with more and more people, I start to pay attention to what they say. So a lot of the times when we do launches, we'll have people enter a Facebook group. Like what's the biggest problem that you're having right now that you hope this solves for you? And we have software and stuff that documents all their answers, categorizes it so we can start to see what are the biggest problems. And then usually they will be generalized problems. They'll say something like, um, I just want clarity in my messaging. So what I start to do is I start to dig into 
what does clarity mean? So I do a lot of our students will get on coaching calls and they'll tell me their problems they're having. And I'll, I get specific with them. They just say, Oh, Brandon, I'm feeling so overwhelmed. I'm like, what does overwhelmed look like? Like if a video camera was capturing you being overwhelmed, what is it literally seeing? Like be detailed. Mm. And so it's just over time as we start to collect all this data. And that's the biggest thing with messaging. Messaging isn't this thing where you sit down for an hour and you figure it, figure it out. Mm. It's something that needs testing, receiving data, altering, testing again, taking in data, paying attention to what other people are saying, paying attention to over here. But at the core of messaging, you need to be very clear on who you are, who your values are, what your values are, what your beliefs are, and what your message is. And you don't let the external world control that. You understand that you are the light that attracts everyone else to you. And that is, and you don't bend that but you do need to pay attention to how you say things. So we don't change what we say, we change how we say it based off the data that we're getting. And a lot of people are out there just changing the what all the time. Yeah. And it's not usually a problem with the what, it's usually a problem with, with the how. But anyways, going back to your original question, um, that is the process. I usually look at my own experience, then as we gain more traction, I start paying attention to people like closer in the circle. And um, that's really about it. Yeah, cool. Um, <clears throat> What I've generally found is with coaches, um, and I'm in this as well, yeah, like we're all in this, is that we mm -hmm. study our field so much, yeah, and then we yeah. become an expert at it. And then we, just like doctors, doctors have their own language, coaches, we have our own language. Mm -hmm. And what we tend to forget is that the people that we're helping out hasn't done all the study, the research, has right. experience. So, for example, if we go, sweet, I'm going to look at myself and my own experience and then go, how was I feeling? And then we kind of use our little coach expert brain and we change yeah. the language a little bit. Do you know what I'm talking about here? I do, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel this, is, this becomes a problem a lot of the time is that coaches is. go and do this, but they speak from their coach trained mind how do we um how do we get past that is that just a thing where it's like okay step one is okay look at us look at our experience and go back and reflect on it but then step two right. is like that's a great start and foundation but step two is you still need to actually speak to your market yeah not just <laughs> is that right. the kind of is that what you're saying you need to like validate it against the, your market, what you're feeling against your market? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, so let, let me give it, I'll, I'll dive into that, but let me give a little example here first um, of the difference between what and how. So like, um, let's pretend my message in my brand was like my son's room needs to be clean. Like that's what I stand for. His room needs to be clean. I get it. I'm not letting the external world control me. Like that's what I stand for. That's what I want to say. That's so that's me figuring out what I want to say. So I could go up to my son and say, Will, go clean your room right now and do it because I'm your dad and you you do what you're told. Or and by the way, he's eight. Mm. And and so um that that way of communicating the message with an eight-year-old probably isn't gonna be the best, at least not with my kids. And so the other way to communicate it would be, hey Will, Superman can clean his room in five minutes. Can you beat Superman? And he would be like, oh yeah, so I made it fun. So, but mm. overall it's the same message, but it's communicated two different ways. Yeah. So the first way would be kind of like 
what I is kind of like what you were explaining. It's like the coaches using the coach's language. It's like the dad using the dad's language of what he wants to get done. Mm. Doesn't mean the audience, aka my son or your audience, is going to respond to it. And there's nothing wrong with the overall message. It's just that you didn't do a good enough job communicating the message in a way where the audience understands why they need to listen or why they should do something or making it fun. You didn't make it relatable to them. Mm. The second way would have been like making it totally relatable, taking my coach's hat off, taking my dad hat off and being like, okay, how do I communicate this in a way so they get it, they understand, it's fun for them, it's relatable to them. And I would say the first step is actually awareness becoming aware of when you are using the coach's thing because you have to understand your style of communication it's a habit it's it's how you've probably the way you communicate with your audience is probably how you've been communicating with everyone and so what we want to do is we you literally have to change the way in which you communicate and and the only way the first step that i found is just being aware being aware of when you are doing it and then you can start to change it but the other thing too um, i'll give you a little ninja hack of of what we do is anytime that i do like a workshop or presentation we always do breakthroughs so i say share your biggest breakthrough during this workshop put it in the facebook group we're going to give you we're going to do like a 500 hundred dollar raffle or whatever it is Mm. and what you start to do is you start to see which point of your presentation landed the best with certain people so if someone had a breakthrough That's because Mm. it hit them really deep. So what I start to do is I start to look at where in my presentation are people getting the biggest ahas and that is stuff I need to lean in on. And then even if there was something I thought was really good but no one shared it as a breakthrough, although it kills me on the inside because I'm like, oh my God, it's gold, I take it out. And I think that's the other problem with coaches sometimes is we get into our own ego because we know how good something is or how impactful something is with us. But if it's not landing with the audience, you know, you have to stop talking about it. Doesn't mean you can't talk about it ever. It just means mm. at that stage of where they're at in the funnel, you stop talking about it. For example, there's things inside my program that go really mm. deep and I never talk about them in my upfront content. Like there's some deep stuff. I mm. never talk about it upfront. I wait for them to get in the program and then we slowly move them to where we need them to go. But yeah. you have to be aware of that stuff. And I don't think sometimes people don't do a good job understanding the difference of what's landing and what's overwhelming. And if you can understand that, then, you know, you're messaging. Okay. Can- so, so are you saying because you're not sharing that deep stuff because you feel like people aren't ready for it? It's, they don't know that they need this. And it's kind yeah. of like, a, if anything, it's just going to be a distraction. Yeah. Uh, let me, let me put it like this. Um, well, it's, it, I wouldn't say it's a distraction. It's, um, I mean, it could be a distraction, but it could also be just be way overwhelming. So for example, if you're again, a weight loss coach and, um, you know, like someone's tried to diet and work out and be on a regimen for, I don't know, the last 10 years and they aren't able to do it. And you as the coach understand it could be related to like childhood trauma. The worst thing that you could do is walk up to someone and be like, and they come up to you and they're like, oh my God, can you teach me how to lose weight and to eat right and to work out? And you're like, first, I need to heal your childhood trauma. They're gonna be like, why do I need child? They're gonna be like, I don't wanna do that. That makes no sense to me. Mm. Like they're not ready mm-hmm. for that information yet. So you have to kind of bring yeah. them through waves. Um, so like when I run an ad or um, do like a workshop or something like that, 
I'm, I always start at the problem. Here's what you're experiencing. And I say, here's what you're doing to cause that problem. That alone will bring awareness to them. They're like, oh my God, I didn't realize that. I bring them onto mm -hmm. the workshop and I go a little bit deeper, but then I, then I open up cart and then people are excited. They, they join our program. Once they get in, it's like, okay, cool. The real work starts. But I have, I have to understand someone who wants clarity in their messaging is coming to me for clarity in their messaging. They're not coming to me to unravel limiting beliefs, which we do in the program because I believe powerful people create powerful messages. And if you're not going to be powerful and you're going to be not confident and you're going to be scared, it's going to affect your content and your messaging. So we, we talk about that in the program. But you very rarely ever tell me, see me on a workshop, tell people your messaging sucks because you have a limiting belief. So let's dig into that limiting belief. I just don't do it because that's not why people are coming to me necessarily. They're not ready for that yet. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, man. Okay. Um, is there anything I just, I wanted to make this episode. Where are we? We're like almost half an hour, man. That just went bang. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to, I've been working on making my episodes way shorter lately because i man I'm, I'm kind of like sounds like you when we get on a topic man yeah. i can talk and talk and man i was doing like two hour episodes <laughs> at one stage and i'm like joe rogan style right yeah. and i'm like i've just been working i got some feedback and they're like luke shut up and just make your episodes way shorter <laughs> so i've that. been working on doing that um yeah. regarding i want to i want to kind of ask a little bit a couple of things about your business but before yeah. we just finish off on that um is there anything to do with, you know, your philosophy or messaging, everything like that, that we haven't spoken about that you want to put in this, this episode? Yeah, I was just going to say there's three parts of messaging that you really have to come together. And I think most people uh, only get one, maybe two of these. Uh, so the first one is, is I know I kind of bash educational content, but you do have to have educational content. I would say anywhere from like 25% to 50% of your content should be educational. Educational doesn't have to be tutorials. Look at a TED talk. Like a TED yep. talk is very educational, you know, doesn't doesn't get into steps. So just understand there's different ways, uh, even mistakes videos, like mistakes to avoid. Great way to do educational. Next one is connection. Yep. So this is like what you stand for, what your beliefs are, that your audience will rally behind. This isn't about what you do. Mm. This is more of like, here's what I stand for, what my company stands for, here's what I believe in. We need that style of content because that builds rapport and connection with our audience. And then we need what I call thought reversal content, which we didn't really get into too much or at all. But what thought reversal content is, is it gets someone to see uh, something differently. You, you have content that shifts their perspective. So if you can identify things that they're doing that they don't realize are causing problems and that you start to shift their perspective on it, it's mind blowing for mm. them and it ends suffering for them. So for example, um, a lot of people will tell me, will I will come to me and I, I will tell them, stop doing educational content. It's causing a problem inside of your brand. Look at Gary Vaynerchuk, mm -hmm. doesn't do tutorials like what you're doing and he's blowing up. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I mm -hmm. use that Gary Vaynerchuk line, they go, oh my God, you're totally right. And what I did in that mm -hmm. one moment is shifted their perspective to get them to see, oh wow, I've had this one belief that's causing a problem in my life. Now this person isn't doing it and they're getting results. I should be doing what that person's doing. And now I can move them to a better place. So we have content called thought reversal content that literally will mm. shift people out of beliefs that are causing problems in their life without them realizing that I'm shifting them out of beliefs that are causing problems in their life. And what that does is it creates like a mind blowing effect um, um, automatically for them. 
So you're using, in regards to that Gary V example, you're using Gaza, as we say in Australia, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're using Gazzarino as an example for basically, like, hey, you know Gaza, you know who he is, and here's proof. Right. Because that's what we do, don't we? And you talk about the subconscious, it's like we want proof. It's like, oh, your brain, you're making this huge statement. Right. But show me the proof. Yeah. And we don't usually go... You know, sometimes we might actually say, show me the proof, yeah? yeah? But a lot of the time it happens automatically, doesn't it? Yeah. So as coaches, you, you guys probably know this, but when someone's taking some sort of action, it's because there's some sort of belief that they have that's causing them to take that action. They have a belief that that action is going to cause some sort of result. Mm -hmm. But if that action is causing a problem and we can make them aware of it, um, then it's huge for them. And the first step in that is actually dismantling the belief that they have. So... If, you know, an example might be if someone believes working hard guarantees success, I could use a pattern called chunking up that says, oh, I could just say to them, okay, so does every person who work hard become successful? And they go, no. And he said, well, then you could be working your butt off and have nothing to show for it. Maybe you're just working on the wrong things. And what I do is I use slide of mouth patterns. There's 16 of them. Robert Diltz um, is the creator of them. And there's 16 patterns. So the Gary Vaynerchuk was uh, a counter example. This one that I just used was called chunking up. And all you do inside of your content is you, first of all, identify a belief causing suffering in their life. Then you use a slide of mouth pattern to dismantle the belief. And then you move them to the better spot. So it might look something like this. Um, Work, like working hard could be one of the worst things you could do if you're trying to become successful in your business. Look, I understand why you think that everyone's telling you to work until your eyeballs bleed. But let me ask you, does everyone who work hard become successful? No. And you could work your butt off continuing to uh, believe that working hard is going to bring you success. But what does every successful person have? They all have confidence. Can you find me anyone that didn't have confidence and still became successful? No. So how do you get confidence? You could do step one, step two, step three. Mm. Or I could go, uh, what is the secret to success? Well, you have to have um, uh, the belief in yourself. Can you find me anyone who was successful and didn't have belief in yourself? So how do you find belief in yourself? Step one, step two, step three. So it kind of goes like state the belief and that it's wrong. Use a slide of mouth pattern to dismantle it. Show them what the solution is and then teach them the solution. And that's kind of how we do our thought reversal content. Nice. And then when you say those three part so you got the educational the connections and beliefs and then the thought reversal so what you you mentioned 25 to 50 percent to do with educational content what's the percentages break down yeah. with the other two great question uh, i would say the what i always tell people to start with is 50 percent educational 25 thought reversal 25 connection mm. and then just see how your market uh, um resonates with each one so you know we had a client who was teaching teachers how to make money online, like seller resources and stuff. Yeah. It was a space that hasn't had a lot of change in a lot of, in a really long time. So when we did thought reversal content, they didn't take it very well because it's really mm. kind of like, Hey, here's what, here's the norm. Here's what's normal. And it's a problem. So yeah, we had to lessen the amount. They weren't mm. ready for so many thought reversals. So we had to kind of adjust it a little bit. So every, every business will be a little bit different, but I think 50, 25, 25 is a good, ratio to start with and just feel it out mm, i mean it's a pretty good lesson it's like there's not the same path for everyone it's kind of like right. yeah look there's foundations but in regards to the the path to success i mean everyone's is going to be different so you got to be 
adaptable and flex to it, don't you? Yeah. And that's what I, that's kind of even what I was saying with messaging. It's the same thing with your business. It's like, mm-hmm. it's testing and taking the data and adjusting. And that's what we do with messaging. But it's also what we do with business. So the only way I've even found out that ratio was because we did thought reversals were working so well, we did them a hundred percent. And then we realized, Oh, you know what? People don't want to be told they're doing everything wrong every single week. So, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. we should lessen that up, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's all, it's all about testing and just figuring out what works for you. For sure. Awesome, man. This has been a really insightful episode, man. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. And this is why I wanted to get you on because I know my audience is going to get yeah. so much out of hearing what you're saying here. Um, one thing that I just wanted to, and I didn't even plan to ask you this. I just feel like one thing I like to shine the light on is just around what the, mm-hmm. the truth behind business. Now, you've been doing this for nine years, Brandon, and when it comes to what's classified as business success, you would be like Brandon, successful in business, right? Um, mm-hmm. But people maybe see, and you're probably not the, the best example. And when, when I say best example is because you don't, I don't see that you tend to do this. Um, but usually where it's kind of like what coaches see is they see the successful coaches and the successful coaches are splashing the money and the the glitz and glamour Mm. and everything like that. And then they see, you know, they're posting, man, I blow up and went from zero to a hundred thousand in three months. And this is how (laughs) I did it, man. And now I'm buying the the BMWs (laughs) and shit, right? (laughs) Yeah. Which is just putting out a terrible message. And I just like to always remind people what the truth is in it all because what it does is that it creates the false expectation of hey i've just got to do a few months work and then fuck man that's where i'm gonna be and look does it happen of course yeah but it's the one in a million Mm -hmm. thing that happens and it's probably not going to happen for you and if you go into business with that expectation you're probably going to get let down and there's a high chance you're giving up when that doesn't happen right so I always talk about playing a long-term game. And I mean, you've obviously done it. You've been doing it for nine years. So like, um, how long did it take in your business till you got to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm kind of getting ahead now. I'm making money. Things are starting to work. And not that you're done, right? You're not done. Right. You're still going. But it's like you're at the point where you're like, you know, I'm starting to make money here. And things are like, you know, I've got an actual business here. Yeah. I would say it probably happened once we hit seven figures. Um, and I did do exactly what you're talking about. We first started making the money. I did. I bought a hundred thousand dollar car. I didn't flash it all over Instagram or anything like that, but, (laughs) um, I definitely wasted a lot of money several times. And Mm. it's for me where I got in trouble in my business, especially as coaches, is if our intention is to make money, you're not gonna make money. If your intention is to serve, you will make money. But if your intention is on service, when the money comes in, you don't really care about flashing it on Instagram because that wasn't the intention of in the first place. So yeah. what I have found, because I, I hit 500,000, in 2017, I hit $500,000 a year in revenue. I had mm. a business partner, I had to give them pretty much like half the money. I had a little bit team, I had our own living expenses. And I had nothing left over. And we, I spent a lot of it, um, mm-hmm. was not great with money, never managed that much money in my life, spent all of it. And I also, also hated what I was doing. So I hate, I was teaching YouTube and Facebook ads, 
freaking hated it. I don't know if we can cuss yeah. here or not, but freaking can, hated yeah. it. I can't. Okay, good. <laughs> Fucking hated it. And, and I just said, I, d- I don't want this to be my life. I was working seven days a week. Couldn't spend a lot of time with my kids the way I wanted to. And my wife was just like, this isn't what we signed up for. You said we we're going to have free time and you're just more busy now than ever. Mm. I didn't know how to run a real business or manage money. I stopped selling everything within three months. I was $40,000 in debt. Mm-hmm. And I had back taxes and credit card debt and all this stuff. And I just, I, I mean, I, I really messed up financially with a lot of things. So um, basically, that's five years into my journey. That's five so years in. So we're going back to four years. Yeah, right. Five years in. Yeah. So I was like, cool. On paper, I made it. $500,000 a year, I made it. Yep. Wasn't like that because I had <laughs> lessons to learn. So yep. I learned those lessons. We started over doing what I do now. And within nine months, we had done a million dollars in sales. But this time, it was different. This time... Um, we had a savings account. We, we put money aside for taxes. We had a budget. Um, we started to build out a team. So I was delegating more. I had to learn how to let go, do all of that stuff. Mm. Once we brought in, and that's sales, that's not collected. Once we hit around a million dollars a year of collected revenue, that's when things started to really feel good. But uh, we were still in building phase. And so the building is pretty much stopped right now. And we're about two and a half to $3 million a year. And I, to be honest with you, I don't really want to grow right now because mm. the business works like a weld oiled machine. Shit gets done. We're, we're still bringing in $3 million a year mm. and I barely work. Like I don't have to work very much right now. And I told my wife, I'm like, man, if I go back into building phase, it means things are in a break. It means more hiring, more systems, systems need to be built. And I'm like, I just kind of want to chill out for a bit. Mm. Like people are getting results. Our program is on fire. Like, I just, I just, I just don't want to work. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's how it's been for the last year or two. Um, yeah. It's been more of just some finally getting to like chill out with my family. But yeah, I'd say the, the million. And then when it hit like about 2 million, it was like, all right, this mm. is pretty sweet. So it was like really probably five years until money came in, but you obviously didn't know how to manage it exactly. Then you learned your lessons. And then it was probably what, six or seven years, did you say? I would say probably, yeah, now is that, and here's the other thing that switched too is when you start getting to like the multi-millions, um, Mm. and, and after losing it, like losing a lot of money, you realize how fast it can go away. Um, and also I don't want my livelihood, my family's livelihood dependent on the revenue of my business. So where my mind has gone is less toys, less hundred thousand dollar cars and, amazing like mansions and things like that and more on let's invest in in a variety of things so now it's more of like stocks retirement um looking at rental properties it's like we're taking the money we're making online and pushing it into other places that if the business falls on its face which could happen you never know we have like five other income streams. And so what I'm doing is I'm focusing more on wealth right now and what you say, long-term game. Mm -hmm. So that if I want to just completely retire and still live the lifestyle that I have in like three years, I can do that. And so that's that to me, that's what I've been building. And so I just, I have a normal truck. Uh, my wife has an SUV and that's it. And we live in a a decent sized house, but I'm in no way living in like a 5,000 square foot mansion. We have a ton of money in the bank. We have a ton of money in retirement. We have a ton of money in stocks and, and all of that stuff. And and honestly, it just, it feels good. I'm like, this is what it's about. Like if you see me walking down the street, I look like 
a normal dude wearing Target. Like this, I got this shirt at Target for like five bucks. Like this is what I, <laughs> this is what I wear. And yeah. I'm like, that's what it's all about, man. It's about the yeah. freedom of just breaking out of the cycle. And a lot of that crap traps you. It puts you in debt. It traps you. It makes you constantly have to work. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. You mm-hmm. know, man, that's some, that's like such good insight yeah, and lessons. What would yeah. your advice be for, um, anyone growing their business right now most of the people listen to this is probably three and three years and under probably a lot of them are in their first 12 months what would you say to them knowing that you know you're nine years in you've been through a lot of stuff what would you say to them? i i would say and this might be a little biased because it's what i do but understanding the problems that you solve and understanding how to communicate the problem so the other person goes, this person gets me, is one of the most valuable things ever. And messaging is going to feel everything inside of your business. It's gonna feel your content, it's gonna feel your ads, your copy, your emails. And if you can't get your messaging, well, let me put it this way. Messaging and communication could literally be the difference between going $500,000 in debt, or sorry, $500,000 a year to $40,000 debt to, a million dollars in sales in nine months. It's just when you f- you find the right positioning with the right communication, your world can blow up in a good way um, overnight. Mm. And when that happens for you, be smart with your money because it can go away really fast. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say. Boom. Advice from the man, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> um, or Brandon, I should say. Either way. Um, mate, what's your, are you, have you got an Italian background? Uh, Spanish. So I know I don't look it, but my dad is actually, um, is Mexican. My mom is white. So I'm 50% Mexican. And I think she, uh, I don't know her family. I don't know where her family, Austria, maybe Austria. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, Lucero is a Spanish, Spanish name. You speak Spanish? No. (laughs) (laughs) So, so my grandparents came here from Mexico um, and then they, since they only spoke Spanish, they had to learn English, but they only spoke English to their kids because back then Spanish wasn't really something that you want to be using. Um, and so, so they never taught it to their kids. And then, so my, my dad doesn't speak Spanish and, um, I I, I don't speak Spanish. So yeah. Oh, next lifetime, man. I know. Mate, you you might be an Aussie next lifetime, mate. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Anything's possible. (laughs) That's it. Um, Where can anyone, everyone find you, man? They want to check you out. Yeah, I think the best place to go is our podcast. It's called The New Generation Entrepreneur. And we we do interviews with... um, a lot of different types of entrepreneurs, uh, you know, online entrepreneurs, offline entrepreneurs, but we also spend a lot of time talking about messaging, communication, subconscious, uh, marketing, stuff like that. So the new generation entrepreneur or over at Instagram at I am Brandon Lucero. Boom. We'll chuck those in the show notes. Um, Brandon, legend, man. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Majorly, majorly appreciate it. Yeah. Been great. Hey there, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date with podcasts that I release every couple of weeks. And if you've enjoyed the the episode, please, I really, really appreciate it if you leave me a review. And you can also find me on Instagram at Luke underscore page.